We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. table family again this week. Wow. I am not blowing smoke. I'm not exaggerating. This is becoming one of my favorite churches I've ever been to. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Unscripted. It's a little dangerous when a preacher goes off script. But um, as we were singing, I felt, and I could be wrong about this, but I felt like the faith level in the room was increasing as we were declaring praise and truth to God. And I've heard preachers say it like this, when you remember how big God is, our sins, our worries of this world begin to shrink. That was so good. I am so blessed. And by the way, I, I, I checked your giving thing. It works, okay? Uh, and I love the way you're phrasing of it. Your generosity sets the table for others. Thanks for helping others move forward in their faith and supporting the local needs of our community. Three ways to give, text to give, give online, give in person. And the extra charge to cover the service fee was only 63 cents for me because I, I wanted to pay for one of the backpacks. So 25, 63, uh, that's not bad at all, okay. <sighs> so excited to be here. If you have a Bible, please turn to Mark 1, 32 through 39, Mark 1. 32 through 39. As Pastor Jeannie said last week, um, just to recap a little bit, we talked about something that starts with a K, ends with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, that's right, okay, um, the kingdom of God, it's, and that's the, the most repeated thing that Jesus talked about according to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And um, that's part of the best summer ever in, at the table is having a two-week focus on the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Well, I've, I'm describing it like this. The kingdom of God is the reign of God in our world that's already happening, but not yet in its fullness, okay? Um, it's not the weather kind of reign. It's the R-E-I-G-N reign. En español decimos el reino de Dios. So I like how the kingdom in Spanish, the word for kingdom is both reign and kingdom. So uh, once again, Spanish superior to English. No offense. I'm sure if you've studied Spanish, you know I'm right. Okay, you know I'm right. Well, this week's point is this. In God's kingdom, a citizen is first a child. If you're going to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, you first must be a child of God. And I would say you always need to keep that as the primary motivation, if you will. A child that enjoys their father's love will listen to their father most of the time. A beloved child of God is secure in an uncertain world. Let me recap the context for our passage this morning at the beginning of the gospel, according to Mark, it starts with Jesus, God's son. He was baptized by Johnny B. 
the Father confirmed with the Holy Spirit that even before Jesus began his public ministry, that God delighted in him, loved him, found happiness in him. That's why we Christians really do believe it when we say God loves everyone. You don't even have to do anything for him. He still loves you. Oh, that's good news. And then, you know, after the, he got baptized, Jesus was victorious in the temptations in the desert, right? 40 days, 40 nights. And he was victorious over that temptation. And then Jesus starts to preach his first, like the, 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 the intro of the Gospel of John that Jesus starts, excuse me, Gospel of Mark, that Jesus says, here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives. Change your hearts and lives. Repent is a, is a churchy word that we use, okay? Repent. We have to align our lives with God's kingdom according to God's ways of doing things. Amen? All right. I have it on the screen. I'm going to have it on the screen here. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. It's just a small way we express reverence and worship to Jesus. He's the living word of God, explicitly revealed in the gospels of the written word of God. So Mark 1, 32. Amen. Y'all clapping for that? Wow. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorite churches. Okay. Uh, I'm reading from the Common English Bible. It says it like this. That evening at sunset, people brought to Jesus those who were sick or demon-possessed. The whole town gathered near the door. He healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons. But he didn't let the demons speak because they recognized him. Verse 35. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. Simon and those with him tracked him down. When they found him, they told him, everyone's looking for you. He replied, let's head in the other direction to the nearby villages so that I can preach there too. That's why I've come. Verse 39, he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and throwing out demons. You may be seated. Let me pray for us. Our Father in heaven, thank you for inviting all to join your family and kingdom. Thank you for the church. Thank you for working beyond the church. You are so, so good. Help us receive more knowledge and understanding of who you are. And may that understanding of your love and beauty compel us to, to deeper holiness and Christ-likeness. We want the result of our time together to be that we all move forward in our relationship with you, Jesus. We want the result of our time together to be that we live and love more like you, Jesus. So help us, Holy Spirit, to be convicted and change wherever we need to. Help me with self-control to only share what you want me to share and hold back anything you don't want me to share. In your one name we pray, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So the kingdom of God, before I forget, a recent example of the kingdom of God is what y'all are doing with these backpacks. Let me explain. In heaven, do kids go without? No. Is anyone in need in heaven? No. In heaven, is there poverty? No. So by y'all providing backpacks to children filled with school supplies, it's bringing a piece of heaven down to Joliet, just as it is in heaven. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Okay. If you have already, so if you haven't already contributed to this, I just did, so practice what you preach, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Consider just $25 or whatever you can give, or if you can give more than $25, how, how are we in the goal? I think last week we were almost at half percent. We'll say that again, percentage again. Under 1,000? Wow, amazing, amazing. Okay, verse 32 through 34, if you've got a Bible, I'm referencing that right now, back to our text. Jesus was establishing God's kingdom, kicking out demons, healing people 
of many kinds of diseases. Amen? It's exciting. And so, of course, word spread. But it wasn't yet time for Jesus to let it be known fully who he was, that he was the promised saving king. So he would stop the demons from letting people know who he was. We call this the messianic promise, okay? Because the Jews had an understanding of this political king who was going to violently overthrow the Romans, but rather there was a, uh, a different kind of kingdom that God was establishing, not through power or force, but through love and service and sacrifice. And I do love how the demons were terrified. That's pretty cool. Okay, verse 35. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place to where he could be alone in prayer. Somebody say, Jesus snuck away to pray. By a show of hands, um, who here would say you are morning people? Wow, wow, there's a lot of you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Yes, yes. I want to be like you. I want to be like you, but I'm not like you, right? God is trying to use my, my five-week-old newborn to make me like you, right? But... Uh, I'm not always taking advantage of the times I'm awake at night and early in the morning. Sometimes I am. Praise God. Sometimes I am. Well, let me just encourage you. If you're not a morning person, well, if you are a morning person, I hope you would use that time to be like Jesus. Sneak away to pray. Be with the Father. Read scripture. Be still. And if you're like me and you're not a morning person, then that's rarely ever going to happen. I hope you know you don't have to only meet with God in the morning. You can meet with God at brunch, okay, after lunch, midday, afternoon, evening, night. Don't be like me. I've made this mistake so many times. Ah, I missed a morning devotional. I didn't get up and, and read scripture to start my day. Oh, no. Guess I have to wait till tomorrow. Right? Don't do that. Don't be like me like I've done that so many times. Don't think, oh, no, I missed it in the morning or I missed my set time. I guess I have to wait all the way till tomorrow. I think that's a lie from Satan, honestly. God wants you to just sneak away and be with him. Amen. Amen. Okay. Find a way to sneak away and pray. Okay. Be like Jesus that way. Another way you can be like Jesus just as a freebie. Maybe you already know this. Maybe you've already been taught this. Another way to sneak away and take a nap. Jesus also took naps too. So you can sneak away, be like Jesus, take a nap, be rested. That's a good thing too. All right, please listen to what I'm about to say. Receive this truth. Listen, God wants to have a healthy parent-child relationship with you. Don't think God just views us as subjects, servants, or slaves. Understand God first views us as his family, his people, his representatives or ambassadors. To God, it's family over slaves. It's love over power. If God just wanted us as slaves, would Jesus have come as a helpless and vulnerable baby? If God just wanted us as slaves, do you think he would have endured the cross? If God just wanted to exercise power, love, the word love, would not be the second most repeated word in the Bible. The first repeated, most repeated word is the word the. I'm not going to count that. Let's just, let's just move to love, okay? Love. The word love is the most repeated Bible word in the Bible. God is not a God that is motivated by exercising power or strength. No, God already has all the power. Spoke everything into existence. God is not motivated by power. God is motivated 
by love, and he wants to have a healthy parent-child relationship with you. And I, and I put the word healthy in there on purpose. Some of us, we, we put the fun in dysfunctional families. Some of us, we put the dis in dysfunctional family. You know what I'm saying? So God wants to have a healthy parent-child relationship with you. With that being said, my main point for us as followers of Jesus today is to know before we can be citizens of God's kingdom, we must first be children in God's family. That's where the love abounds. In God's family as God's child and loving God as father, even as friend. Not just boss or master. Although Jesus is the saving king, he is the boss. What he says goes. He is the master. But he doesn't just want us to view ourselves as his servants. Jesus even corrected that in the gospel of John. I don't just refer to you as slaves or servants. I refer to you as friends because you know what I'm about. Mm. So therefore, the main point today is this. A citizen of God's kingdom is first a child in God's family. Maybe you want to get that tattooed somewhere, okay? Or just, ri- just write it down. Take a note at least, okay? Take a picture. If you get a tattoo, I'd love to see it. Okay. When I know that I'm loved by God, I stop looking for love in the wrong places. When I know that I'm loved by God, the creator, the master, who receives all the glory and honor and power, when I know that God loves me, I stop looking for love in all the wrong places. I remember when I was in counseling, getting help for my addiction slash slavery to pornography. My counselor enlightened me. He said, porn is usually a lack of trust in God's provision. It's usually a lack of trust in God's provision. And I had to sit with that. I had to think about that. Because I was going to perverted self-love with images. But God was promising real love from him and his church, not to mention the possibility of a wife one day. When I receive love from God, I stop looking for love in all the wrong places. Amen? Pastor Rich Velotis says this about sexual wholeness. Sexual wholeness is oriented around seeing God as the source and end of our longings. It's around, sexual wholeness is oriented around seeing God as the source and end of our longings. When I know that I'm loved by God, I stop looking for love in all the wrong places. The source and end of my longings is the unshakable, unchanging, good God fully revealed in the person of Jesus and fully accessible to all of us through Holy Spirit today. When I know that I'm accepted by God, I stop trying to be accepted by the world. When I know I belong to God's family, I can more easily resist temptations from the world to start tearing someone down or gossiping. You name it, you fill in the blank. Y'all know what temptations you deal with. You know. And when you stay rooted in this child-parent relationship that's healthy and full of love, that overflows. We can resist the temptations of this world. I've heard it like this. If you want to be victorious over sin, don't just not think about sin. Don't try and have your mind say, okay, I'm not going to sin today. I'm going to try not to sin today. I'm going to try not to sin today. Because if I told you, do not think about an elephant, 
Don't think about its tusks. Don't think about its trunk. Don't think about an elephant. How many of you right now are thinking about an elephant, right? Paul said, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent, think about these things. The first commandment, the greatest commandment, Jesus said, was not, do not sin. The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Focus on love. Somebody say, focus on love. Yes, way to dip it. That's good. That's good. When I know that my position is secure with the Father, I stop basing my value off of my performance. When we aren't deceived into thinking God will love us more the less we mess up, we'll have more peace and joy. And, and then we might just end up messing up way less. We're not worried about, is he still going to love me? Is, is he gonna, can I make him love me more? Can I make him love, can I do anything to make him love me less? No. No. God loves everyone uniquely and yet equally. So good. So what if I take a risk and it doesn't pan out the way I wish it was? I, sometimes I feel God calling me to pray for people or do certain things, and the results are not what I wish they were. Anyone ever experienced that? But we don't have to worry that the results didn't happen the way we thought they should have been. We're loved. We're loved. Operate out of love. Now, the next thing, some of you maybe heard this, that um, the opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy. Anyone ever heard that before? All right, cool beans. All right, I have this slide here that says, holy apathy. No, you're no. I made this phrase up, holy apathy. If, I hope it's helpful to you. It's been helpful for me. If it's not helpful for you, just leave it behind. Okay, I'll explain it in a moment. Because in verse 36, it says, Simon and those with him tracked Jesus down. And when they found him, they told him, everyone's looking for you. And what was Jesus' response to everyone looking for him? Was it, I'm so sorry y'all couldn't find me. Let's not keep the people waiting. Uh, we need to hurry up and get down there. Oh, no. Are the people. <sighs> it's, almost, it's borderline rude. It's borderline uncaring what Jesus' response was. Maybe it's holy apathy. Come on. He says, let's head in the other direction to the nearby villages so that I can preach there too. That's why I've come. Holy apathy. Earlier that day, well before sunrise, he was alone in prayer. I imagine he knew what he was supposed to be doing. Whether he received instruction for that day, whether he just was being still before the Lord. He knew who he was and what he was supposed to be doing. And so when the urgent call of everyone's been looking for you, where have you been? We, we had to track you down. Unfazed. Hey, y'all, let's go to the other direction. Let's go to the nearby villages. And church and anyone listening to this, there will be times where people come to you with urgent requests and urgent needs. And maybe they'll be guilting you, obligating you. You need to be doing this. Oh, you need to be doing this with your money. Oh, you need to be doing this with your time. 
Are you, are you, are you taking magnesium? Are you taking turmeric? Like, there's just going to come at you with things that you should be doing, which I agree you should be doing those things and take vitamins and stuff. Like, but I'm saying they're going to come to you with, with seemingly urgent needs because it, I don't think it would have been bad for Jesus to go back and, you know, keep healing people and preaching about the kingdom. But he knew that more than that good thing, he had to do the best thing, which is just being obedient. And I want to encourage you, as you mature and move forward in your relationship with Jesus, you'll be able to know your no. You'll know who, can, who you can say no to. You'll know what's, what's truly urgent to your life and what's maybe just someone else's uh, passion or conviction. Okay? Know your no, know your lane, okay? It might seem rude and uncaring, but I really think Jesus was perfect. I really believe Jesus did not sin. He knew who he was and what he was supposed to be doing. I want to encourage us to have a sense of holy apathy or just knowing our no. Every time you say yes to God, you have to say no to other things. There will be pressures and outside voices throughout your life, but what matters most is God's voice and God's will. Even our own inner critic must be silenced and ignored sometimes. We must listen to God's voice over all other voices. Saying yes to God means saying no to other things, like I just said. It can appear rude sometimes or like we don't care, but I really believe holy apathy is a necessity for a follower of Jesus. All right, have you ever seen a little child unprompted without being asked go up to their parent and like hug them and say, I love you or I love you? Anyone ever seen that? Maybe you've actually been able to experience that? Woo, when my two-year-old, almost three-year-old has done that to me, warm fuzzies alert, okay? I didn't even ask him to. He just came up and just, I love you, daddy. Or, damn, he, he recently... He was like, after putting toys away and, and we'd been playing together, he goes, Daddy, thank you for playing with me. <laughs> you kidding me? You're welcome. Have I been modeling saying thank you to him? I, I actually will thank my son. I say, son, thank you for playing with me. I often say, tell him I love him. Um, and so, yes, he's responding, but isn't that somehow how we operate as followers of Jesus? That we are responding to God because he first loved us. Any good thing we do for God, it's because he first loved us. This is why I'm saying a citizen in the kingdom of God must first be a child in God's family. The next level that I'm praying for, for my son, for all of our kids, I want to hear one day from Leo's teachers that when in class a kid was being teased or left out and my son was the one to stick up for that kid or befriend that kid. Don't we want to raise healthy, secure kids that aren't afraid to take a risk and be there for other people? Oh, I would love to hear that my son stepped up and befriended the kid that was being left out. Even if it meant like, oh, then he starts to get teased by other kids in school. But I don't want that, for him to be teased. But I'm saying if it means getting him to befriend someone that's on the outside, I hope that the love he experiences in his family life at home is so overwhelming. He can deal with some people at school that don't think he's cool anymore. Amen? 
<laughs> How about the rest of us, though, living in our communities today? Are we secure enough, filled with God's love enough, that even if we start looking like, oh, by other people, and they start looking down on us or thinking we're weird or thinking we're strange, you changed your name to the table? What? You know what? We, we believe in God's grace and he's setting a table for all of us. And, and we're willing to look a little strange. We're willing to do things that maybe other people aren't willing to do. We're secure. We know God loves us. We know that we're doing what he is telling us to do. I know that we're doing what he's telling us to do. Pastor Katie, for those who weren't here last week, uh, and, and shared an announcement with us. She is following Jesus. And sometimes when we follow Jesus, that moves us from place to another place. It doesn't always mean that, but it can mean that. And you might receive things like, well, what about, what about us? You need to stay. There's so much work that has to be done here. What about this? What about that? <laughs> but you know, if God's calling you somewhere, he's not doing that without thinking of all of us here. I didn't call Pastor Brad. Oh, no, I forgot about the table. Are you kidding me? And we sometimes have this mindset that God, uh, he doesn't, he's not the source of all abundance. He's not the source of all things. And we can actually be worried and concerned, but don't need to be. We don't need to be. And people who might mean well can say things that aren't very helpful sometimes. That's okay. We know if we know we're secure, we know we're being obedient, I can leave the results to God. I can, I can leave the voices to God as well. Because ultimately, I'm going to answer to God. So we've got to be obedient. Got to be obedient. A citizen of God's kingdom is first a child in God's family. Let's be a secure child of God in an uncertain world, in a constantly changing world. Amen? We can be secure no matter where we're at because of who we belong to. I want to invite the worship team and the helpers uh, with communion forward at this time. For on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Broke the bread. And in the same way, he took the cup and said, this is my blood shed for you. Church, each time we eat of his body and drink of his blood, we proclaim his death until he comes again. Each time we receive communion, we remember what God has done for us, and we remember how we are also called to live, just like Jesus. The language that's used in the Gospels is, is he was taken, took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it away for the sake of the world. Jesus, taken as God's only son, blessed, but then broken, given out for the sake of the world. Followers of Jesus are called to be taken as God's special people, unique, his family, blessed, forgiven, redeemed, encouraged, transformed, empowered. But then when you look around, you can't help but be broken because you know there's so much healing that needs to take place. So then we're broken and then we're given out for the sake of the world. So if that's you this morning and you say, I am a child of God. I'm a citizen and I want to be a child. I, I, I need that. I am doing my best to be that. Please come and receive communion. We've got these two people right here. 
And we do this in my church. I'm just going to ask, if you remember, do it, do it like we do it. If you can, come forward with your hands to receive the gift. As opposed to like trying to, <laughs> don't do this. Come forward like this. And they will give it to you as a symbol that we receive God's grace. It's not something we take, it's something we're given. We're going to receive communion together. You don't have to be a member of the table or of the Church of the Nazarene to receive communion in our churches. We just ask that you are a follower of Jesus. That you are saying yes to God. That you are saying yes to moving forward in your relationship with Jesus. That's all we ask. If that would be the first time you take a step like that to move forward with Jesus, I've spoken with Pastor Katie. She would love to uh, hear your story. What is God doing? She's going to pray with you and then come receive communion. But if you're saying, no, I don't want to receive communion. I'm not a follower of Jesus. That's okay. No pressure. In fact, we would ask, don't receive communion then if it's not for you. Let me pray for us. And, and, and they're going to be singing a song. So during the song, whenever you're ready, please come forward, receive communion, um, take it back to your seat, and, and whenever you're ready, you can uh, receive the elements right there at your seat. Okay? Our Father in heaven, we bless you and praise you for you being you. Help me, God, to view myself first as your kid before anything else, before pastor or citizen or husband or dad or friend or son to my family. Help me first view myself as your kid, as your child. I pray that for all of us. And um, I trust you, we trust you to transform us inevitably as we're receiving love from you. Change whatever you need to change, God. Strengthen whatever needs to be strengthened. I'm so excited for this church, Lord. So would you, would you continue to bless them like you've already have been? Would your kingdom continue to come in Joliet just as it is in heaven? Would your kingdom continue to come in Illinois, this country, and in the world just as it is in heaven? Thank you for being with us. Thank you. We love you too. We pray all this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you agree with me, would you say amen? Amen. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.